It's a uh, praise team. I don't know all your names, but uh, thanks for leading us in worship, including that last one. I'd never heard that before, and it's great. Uh, we had at the conference that Ben was at, we talked about uh, psalms having a lot of uh, laments in it, you know, sad songs, and that is sort of a lament, right, uh, when things are bad. Uh, Luke, come on up here and bring that, please. Uh, you know, let's, uh, let's still have laments. Uh, uh, I met Ben at the conference. My name is Paul Johnson, and uh, thanks, George. Uh, George and I have been friends since 1974. Can you imagine that? Uh, how many of you were born in 1974? <laughs> Maybe we should ask that. But uh, we're from Canada, and uh, Carolyn is here as well. Uh, I was leading a conference. Ben was at it. And um, uh, Ben, I, I went to, we went to a Lebanese restaurant last night, TJ's. N and J. I mean, you know, Lebanese, because he's Lebanese, of course. And uh, so, shish kebab. I just recommend it. You know, this is a free commercial from that <laughs> restaurant. But at the end, we had uh, tiramisu. Tiramisu, have you ever had that? And I liked it so much. It's so good that I thought, okay, I'll buy one and take it home to my wife in Canada. And after, after I had paid for it, I just happened to ask the the waitress, uh, this will survive uh, like a trip down to Houston and then a wait and then a trip up to Cal Calgary. And she said, uh, no, <laughs> it'll be just a pool. So, uh, uh, Ben, congratulations on your uh, birth of your child. And this is for your wife. And maybe you'll get some, but uh, <laughs> it's not going to make it north. So, uh, uh, my, my assistant, uh, by the way, I, I'm a, I, I work for an denomination, a convention. And I work full-time, but I volunteer as a pastor in a Chinese church, and I work with the English congregation. And we'll have about this many. I, we'll, we'll have 65 to 70. And, but we're in a room half this size. And I preach like this, and it's so intimate or close. Like, of course, Chinese don't mind, right? Because <laughs> if you've ever been to China, this is, uh, you know, this is reality. And one time I was preaching, and I just reached out at, like, to gesture or something. And Jane in the front row reached out and just touched my finger <laughs> like this. <laughs> so everybody laughed and... Uh, uh, my, my assistant was getting me ready to come here. I thought I was flying into Kansas City, but she said, I got you coming into Wichita. And I said, where's, where's Wichita? <laughs> I'd never heard of it before. So we looked at it, and I said, no, it's not Wichita. It's, but then I had this brain freeze, and I couldn't remember, how do you actually pronounce this, <laughs> this place? So, so uh, you know, I'm, I'm from Canada. Can I uh, uh, be ignorant? And uh, What's the capital of Canada? That'd be a great question to ask you guys. Uh, Ottawa. Okay, I just wanted to test, you know, how ignorant you guys are too. <laughs> so, uh, you should have a handout. Did you get one of these? And uh, if you didn't, c c uh, are there any more? And you make sure we can get them. There's some more there. Yeah, if maybe somebody just roam the aisle and get it. You know, I looked at this last night to get ready and I thought, I am so crazy, all these blanks. And uh, what am I doing to these people? So I'm going to motor through it, and I may not get all the blanks. We've got slides, and they'll be there, but they may disappear pretty fast. But I put an answer sheet at the back, right? And so, but there's a couple of blanks I couldn't even remember. So, so uh, you know, it's terrible what the pastor get. All of which to say, uh, we're going to talk this morning about three things, and, and, and just get those three out using a, a wonderful, famous... Uh, invitation to Jesus. And the three things are, we all need to get f spiritually fit. Jesus will be uh, our, our spiritual fitness instructor. And then we're going to ask and answer the question, why should we get spiritual fi spiritually fit? Like, why? Because you're not going to get physically fit unless you've got a reason for it. You know, if I come to your house at 6 tomorrow morning 
and say, let's go running, and I'm outside in my spandex or <laughs> whatever, you know, you're going to say, get a life, right? Like it's still morning. But if, if there's some reason that we should go running, like if our mom, both our moms are, you know, have breast cancer or something, want to run for that, you know, that marathon or something to raise money. No, you, so you need a reason to be spiritually fit, and we want to get to that uh, as well. There's a great quote, first of all, by Andy Stanley in minuscule... Um, print there, but the point of it on your sheet is this, uh, we all need coaches, and you need coaches in any kind of life, but you need coaches in the spiritual life, and he says, you will never get as, as far ahead as you ought to be unless you have a, a coach, and because we're talking about being spiritually fit, uh, we're going to look at that. You know, you can peer coach one another, you know that, right? You can encourage one another. A couple of years ago, I'm, I'm in a church uh, sometimes I'm the only non-Chinese in the church, right? And, but I don't even notice. Like, <laughs> it's just my congregation. I love them. Uh, but uh, Shelly was in university, and I'm very close to her. I helped her become a Christian, watched her grow. We've taken uh, teams into the Middle East. George has come with us uh, to work with refugees. And Shelly one time said, Paul, have you ever done burpees? Well, not only had I never done burpees, but I didn't even know what they were. You know, like this sheltered life, right? So I said, no. And she said, you ought to try it. Like it's because you travel and, you know, it's just a good exercise. So I had to, you know, she had to tell me what it is. I looked it up on YouTube or something. So she said, you should try burpees. Well, I tried burpees. I think I, I was really excited about six or seven, right? I got six or seven done. And I told her that. And she said, that's really great. Why don't you try for 10? So you see the, peer, the, the process in, even in physical exercise when somebody starts pushing you. And of course, she was exercising at school at the university. So we just got into this. And Lily is, uh, I helped Lily become a Christian and Shelly was mentoring Lily. And Lily is in one of our Ivy League type of schools in Montreal, McGill. So the three of us formed this uh, um, you know, crazy club that we we're going to, See how many burpees we can do. And we set a goal for, uh, have any of you done burpees before? Can I ask that? Do you, do, does any of you not know what a burpee is? You all know? You don't? Okay, here's a burpee. Hey, is that, you know, is that, it's a, did you come this morning to get physically fit? <laughs> so a burpee is a push-up and then a, you know, a jumping jack or something at the end. So, so we began to push ourselves, and finally Shelly said to me, you know, I was 65 at the time. Shelly said, Paul, why don't we try for tw 100 burpees in 20 minutes? 100 burpees in 20 minutes. Now, Shelly was 22 or something, whatever. <laughs> so, but we, you know, it's great to have a goal. I'm just talking about the, the value of peer coaching, right? You just help one another. So there came a point where the two of us met at the place where our church rents and there's things going on on a Saturday and we're just in there. And so we just, I made it. And at, at the end, she's going, Paul, come on. <laughs> you know, 98, <laughs> 99, and just under 20 minutes I made it. And I, so I did 100 burpees in 20 minutes. It was so incredible. And then I had the idiocy to say, professional athletes, I read this, professional athletes can do 100 burpees in 10 minutes. In 10 minutes. I said, Shelly, you want to try? Lily, do you want to try? <laughs> you know, she's in Montreal. So I made 101 burpees in 10 minutes. But of course, Shelly made 104 <laughs> and so, uh, and I call her coach. I'm il illustrating, you, you, can, you can push yourselves, one another, you know, physical uh, fitness, but we want to be doing that spiritually. 
in spiritual fitness. And in a, in a few minutes, I'll talk about how I got into boxing, which is even more nuts. But how, how when you have a coach, and I have a, like a pro coach, how it, it pulls things out of you you couldn't imagine. So my, my hope at the end of this is simply for you to say, Lord, I want to get spiritually fit. I want to get pushed. I want to push others. Or as John Maxwell says, I want to press others, whether they get mad at me or not. Like, let's go, like, catch up. Come on with me. Let's pace one another. Uh, I want to be spiritually fit. I want Jesus to be my coach spiritually. And I, I have a reason for this. I want to see what God can do when I get spiritually fit. So let's, uh, uh, first let's look at this diagram. You have that on the top. And uh, Ben can unwrap this. Uh, we spent, Ben, you were in the Thursday study, right? And so we spent hours looking at this and how you start. I, actually, this came out of my experience in my church roots. We're the roots and you guys are the orchard. So we're looking ahead at you guys. And say, that's where we want to be a lot of time. But people start as curious I'm in a church where those who come uh, have no knowledge of God. In China, lots of people are curious, but nobody has God. Like I say, on a scale of 1 to 10, where are you with God? One boy said, minus 2. So that's my world. And that's, what I, that's how I work with people. But from curious, you want them to become believers. And then you want them to get serious and be a disciple. By the way, the, the Bible doesn't give us the option to be a believer, but not a disciple. You know that? Yeah, that's just not there. So you can say, well, I want to be a believer, but I'm not going to take it too seriously. Whatever that is, it's not biblical Christianity. It's not what Jesus taught. But mostly, what, what's Jesus' default in those Audi rings? In the Audi rings. You understand what I mean, Audi rings? I used to drive an Audi. You know, it was really impressive, except it was 20 years old and <laughs> wearing out and everything, but Audi, Audi rings. What's, what's Jesus' default in those four rings? Can you figure that out? The fourth one, he wants all of us to be disciple makers or in our context of what we're talking about, fitness, you know, physical fitness, spiritual fitness. What does he want us to be? He wants all of us to be spiritual training instructors. He wants us to be that. So wherever you are on that continuum, you know, I'm a believer and in right in the middle there, baptism, yeah, that's me and I'm sort of trying to be a disciple. But I, I would remind you and encourage you, Jesus wants you to be in that fourth ring that fourth stage, and that's when, that, that's when the adventure kicks in. That's when you start investing in lives and watching them grow, and you pray them, into, in, in, out of, you pray them out of messes, and you pray them into ministry, all of those things. That's God's goal for us. So here's uh, Jesus' statement, and um, can we read it together? Is that, uh, this, this is such a wonderful, wonderful invitation. Uh, so uh, you read it with me, and let's read it together. You ready? Uh, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Uh, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Jesus is talking about religion and people who get broken down and burdened by religion and he's saying that's not what i'm going to do to you that's not what i'm going to do but he has an invitation come to me you know when you woke up this morning did you get an invitation you know i did uh, uh instagram you know come to me <laughs> maybe for you is facebook come to me or maybe it's that significant other that's wherever they are and you know they're going to text you so come to me that's my daughter by the way come to me <laughs> so uh, jesus jesus says come to me Come to me. He, he, he's calling us. 
and asking us to respond. So let's unwrap just some ideas here. If you look at the background of these scriptures, he came to the Jews and they rejected him. They refused him. And uh, that should have discouraged him and he should have given up, but he didn't give up. And so right before the scripture we read, he prays and he said, uh, God, I want to give this to uh, the teachable ones, to the infants. So anybody that'll come, he's just saying, anybody that'll come. And I know I'm going fast, and, uh, but you can find the answers at the back uh, when we get there. And so I, the context of it is Jesus is preparing to say, religion won't get you there, and a lot of people reject me, but I'm open to anybody that's available and teachable. And I hope that's you, and I hope that's me in, in our lives. So um, he takes the role of trainer. That's really fascinating because he, you know, he is a king, and uh, he rules over all. He owns it all. But he says, I want to train you. I want to be your trainer. Uh, have any of you had a fitness trainer? Let me stop and ask that. Like literally you went someplace and said, uh, I, you know, I want to get in shape and I'm going to pay good money. And so you tell me, you know, you, you, you beat me up or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So some of you have. Uh, and they, they sort of run your life, right? And they don't just run your life like in that hour you're in there. Don't they change your diet and you should be sleeping and, you know, stuff like that? Did, did they do that, George? So. Yeah, George is always trying to change my diet because he's so healthy. And, and I just say, George, I have a joyful spirit. So it, it doesn't matter what I eat, right? It just, it just uh, but Jesus is a player coach, which are the best ones, right? Because he, he's living the life and then he shows us how to live that. And uh, he'll make us this kind of person. It, he'll make us like we are. You know, Sermon on the Mount, if you read it in one way, it's just overwhelmingly discouraging, the Sermon on the Mount. Because you say, whoa. Uh, one verse, the end of chapter 5 says, you shall be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Say, That's not me. But Jesus is saying, this is where I'm taking you. If you, if you get uh, into the kingdom and let me disciple you, this is the kind of person you're going to be. You won't worry about money. Uh, you won't be full of anger, all those things. In fact, we can unwrap that. Um, gentleness. Do you guys have rodeos here in this area? You do have rodeos. Because we, we do... I'm, I live right outside of Calgary, and Calgary is most famous for the Calgary Stampede. It, it's the number one, they say the number one draw in Canada for, um, for tourists. And uh, the Calgary Stampede, I've gone to it, and you've watched rodeos or maybe gone yourself. Uh, I, I refuse to watch bull riding because I'm just so scared of those guys. Like, you got, you got to be, uh, do any of you ride bulls here? Okay, I can say this. You've got to be a little touched to be ride a bull, right? Those animals are so powerful. But to watch a, a man ride a bucking bronco is really fascinating. And he rides for, uh, what is it, 12 seconds? Eight seconds. Eight seconds. I mean, it looks like eternity, right? And it probably feels like that. But what I, what I, want, I want you to picture is here's this bucking bronco that's powerful and out of control and then here comes the cutting horse if i can use that term and a guy's on it and and and, and the rider in the bucking bronc is going to leap over on this side you know when the when the horn goes and so you have two horses the same power and uh, strength and, and and energy but this one's out of control and this one is totally in control in fact this one seems to know more than the rider right like he just knows what to do so that's what gentleness is it has nothing to do with being wimpy Gentleness is this horse. Power, controlled, passion. And Jesus says, that's where we're going with you. Uh, you know, if, if you take the Sermon on the Mount, I, we're not going to study it, but I'll just highlight it. Jesus, when he begins to get into issues, he, he says, I'm going to help you with anger. I'm going to help you with an intensified anger, which is contempt. I'm going to help you with lust. And I'm going to help you with lies. 
Imagine taking those four things out of a family or out of a community or out of society. Those four things. Anger, contempt, lust, and lies. Jesus says, by the time I get you into shape, those things aren't going to be driving your life anymore. You're going to have those passions gentled under control. That's what Jesus wants to do with us. That's what he's looking for. So that's why we want to get spiritually fit for our own sakes, to be like him. Uh, yeah, those four things there. And uh, unlike religion, he's not going to beat you up. Uh, he's going to build you up. I, I say that to pastors. You know, by the time I leave here, you know, if I'm coming into a church service, my, my tank's already empty, right? <laughs> or or the, the light's beeping. So are you going to beat me up or build me up? Like, you've got to fill me up again with your Holy Spirit. I, I need to get out of here ready to spend another week. So pastor, don't beat me up. You know, doctors can beat you up. I mean, they can hurt you to help you, right? Or dentists, I guess, could do that. Uh, and so in the same way with us, when we're caring for people, primarily we're trying to encourage and build them up. And Jesus even said that in the scriptures we read. Well, um, Dallas Willard, I, I, I wanted to leave this blank for you because it's so interesting and I didn't get that. Dallas Willard is somebody I read lots, I really respect. He's not living anymore, a philosopher, Christian leader. And so he, he said, what word would you pick to describe Jesus? Turn to somebody beside you and just take a shot at it. The one I did was wrong, so, you know, join the club. But uh, the, if you picked one word to describe Jesus, what would that one word be? Turn to somebody and just, can you, can you make, take a stab at it? Do you do this kind of dialogue in your, Ben, is this all right to do this kind of? Okay, great, great, great. I don't know, I'm a Canadian, so. Are you Ready? I said compassionate. I thought it was a really good answer, and it's not a bad answer, right? Uh, give me some feedback. What did, you, what did you say? You know, I'm, I'm old. You've got to speak up. <laughs> Love. Love, okay, yeah, similar, yeah. Merciful. Merciful. I, I, I imagine nobody got this answer, and I, it's so surprising. Here's the answer. Isn't that interesting? Now, would that describe you? And that, would that describe me, this ADD person? No. Can you imagine by the time Jesus is done with you and gets you in shape spiritually, that's probably going to describe you? You're not going to be worried. You're not going to be afraid. You're not going to be uptight. You're just going to be in, in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, and God's leading you into new things, and this is the kind of person you're going to be. I'm, I'm sort of fascinated with that. Actually, I'm, I'm more than intrigued. I want to be this kind of person. Lord, wherever you put me, I can relax. You're here. You're already working. How can I work with you? Let's, let's do something together. So that's part of being spiritually fit, this. And we're not that mostly. So um, let me move on here. Th those are three statements in, in the scripture that we read. And um, uh, let me tell you about my boxing. But first, I'll just ask you, what are three skills you need to play basketball? You know this. It's really easy. It's going to get tougher, tougher when we get to cricket. So <laughs> basketball, <laughs> basketball what? Passing, uh, shooting, and dribbling. And you have to practice all of them, right? You just dribble, 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 dribble. Uh, I used to play basketball in grade 11 and grade 12. They kicked me off the team because I couldn't dribble enough. <laughs> My dribbling wasn't any good. So you can't have, you have to have all three. Uh, how, about, uh, how about playing cricket? What are the three skills you need to play cricket? You have no idea, right? <laughs> and I have no idea. In Vancouver, there, Stanley Park is a famous park, and they play cricket, and I've watched them, and it's nuts. Like, I can't figure it out, right? Because I, I, I don't know the game. 
But it gets even worse. How about oboe? What are the three skills? Do any of you play oboe in the band? You do? Wow. What <laughs> wow. Wow. What are the three skills? Well, let's start with the basic. Which way do you hold it, right? Because <laughs> we don't even know, right? Are there any skills to play oboe? I mean, of course, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> let me start that again. Uh, uh, I'm from Canada, I'm ignorant, right? So what are, the th what are some skills? Like embouchure, fingering, being able to read music. Okay, embouchure. Is that a new word for all of you guys? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're, see? The way that your mouth looks, the way you like to do it. Okay, okay. Everything, including boxing, uh, you know, we can mention that in a moment. Everything uh, is, uh, takes skill. And spiritually, to get spiritually fit and get in the game, it's going to take skill. And sometimes we don't realize that, right? And if you don't know those things, you'll always be a spectator. If you can do the two but not dribble, are you going to play basketball? If you can uh, dribble and uh, shoot but not pass, are you going to play basketball? Not for very long, right? Because you're not going to be a team, a team player. So you've got to have these. And lots of Christians are spectators and they don't know why. They don't get in the game. They just watch the game. Come on, Ben. I love what you're doing. Like, play harder, Ben, when they don't realize they can be in the game with Ben and others. And so that's where we're going again, to be spiritually fit in that. I'm in boxing. There's my trainer. I actually work with him, Caesar. And he calls me sort of a spiritual father. I'm a generation older than him. But now we're in the same convention. And I weigh 175. He weighs 100, 230, right? And in boxing, uh, weight is power, right? So there's not ever going to be a time where we're going to box, like, seriously to the death. But um, a year ago, November a year ago, he said to me, Paul, why don't, why don't you learn to box? I have never had that thought in my life. And you haven't, right? Because I always thought they get punch crazy or something and, you know, they're, they're sort of dumb to get in the ring anyway. But we went to our, our rec center and uh, that's the very first day that I, I box and I survived, right? You know, so, but there's skills when you box and I had to learn those skills. And so you have to learn to stand. I'm left-handed, so you have to stand like this. My right hand is my weaker hand, Right. This is my power hand. So you have to always stand like that. You can't stand like that, like this. You have to, this is a jab. It's not like this. This is a jab, flat out. This is a hook. Hit him with your elbow. You know, bring, so yeah, there's, I'm just illustrating there's some skills. I didn't know any of this. But I got intrigued by it, right? First of all, because it was, you know, I was bored of burpees after a while. <laughs> like, you just have so many burpees. It's like eating oatmeal every morning, right? <laughs> so I thought, well, I'll try it. And I began to get interested. And uh, Caesar gave me four rules, or four principles. This is his regimen. So the first is obedience. He doesn't need my opinion. You know, like, maybe, maybe a jab is like this. No, it's not, Paul. Shut up. This is a jab, right? Uh, and stand this way. Uh, but then that has to become a discipline until it becomes a habit. You know what I did uh, last night at the hotel? For half an hour, I took those uh, dumbbells, Five pounders, and I stood like this. They're five pounds, and I go, boom, boom. And I did that for 30 minutes, you know, jabs with heavy weights. And then I took the 10 pounders, and I'm going like this. And I'll tell you, it kills me, you know, 10 pounders <laughs> like this. But you can see, I want to have the habit and the discipline. But what goes, can you guess what the, the last one is? Passion. Come on, passion. You know why so many Christians don't have passion in their life spiritually? I'm just using this as my analogy, my understanding. Um, I now have passion in boxing. 
like I box with Caesar. Uh, we used to have a group, a whole bunch from Roots, and they all got jobs in school and everything. So, but Caesar and I box, and he will box me until the end of the hour. I'm flat on the floor. I'm so tired. And again, he's telling me. He he said, Paul, if you drop your hands, I'll hurt you bad. <laughs> you know, because he's training me. I have to listen to him. So by the end of the time, I'm just like this, right? I'm so exhausted, and he'll go wham like that. And he's training me to duck, and you have to duck like this, right? Not not just your head. And so he's going this, this, that, that. And I'm concentrating so much I forget how to stand. Because I'm, you know, I, I can't multitask up my age maybe or something. So I should be like this, but I end up like this. And then he just went pow, <laughs> like that. And I'm flat on the floor. So we don't talk about, he actually broke my sternum uh, last spring. But we don't even mention it. Our lawyers talk to one another in there. <laughs> You know, I'm just illustrating, you, you get to a point in something where you get passion, and I, I do have that kind of passion for it. Will I ever be a boxing instructor? I doubt it. But if you said, would you teach me the basics? I can teach you the basics. I can. Because they're part of me now. And of course, spiritually, that should be true. So here's Shelly. I mentioned her. She's the one that got me into burpees, right? And so Shelly, I took my boxing gloves to uh, roots for some reason, what, you know, illustration. And she tried them on after. Now, there's something wrong with the way she's got them on. Do you know what it is? She has them on the right hands. I mean, you can commend her for that. But she's also left-handed. But she's standing this way. Because she doesn't know anything. She literally, you know, left goes to left and right to right. But she doesn't know. And she and her friend Grace and... Lucy and Ryan and a bunch of people came to our boxing club. And so after two months, at the end of a hard workout, by the end of a workout, we are just dead, flat dead. And she's the last one. And she's doing sparring. And uh, I've got a short video. And Caesar's going to say to her, uh, give me 20. And give me 20 means pow, 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 pow. But she's exhausted, right? But I want to show you what passion looks like. Are we, are we set up, ready to go in the... The sound's ready. Let's see what it looks like. This is Shelly at the end of a, like we're dead tired already. Watch this. That's what obedience looks like. That's her second last punch. Here's what passion looks like. She's only been two months into this. I'm just illustrating. You can get spiritually fit if you've got a coach. And Jesus said, I'll be your coach. Come to me, right? I'll be your spiritual instructor. He'll use people. He'll use circumstances. But this is what he's going to do to you. Let's go to the end here. I don't want to, you have to look at these. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry. I, I, I'm watching my time here. But um, I, I want to finish off with this and that quote from Dallas Willard. Do you see it in the second half, bottom third there? He said, if our gospel does not free the individual up for a unique life of spiritual adventure. Oh, I like that. Do you know that God's put you here in Orchard, but put you on this planet at this time and space for a spiritual adventure? for you to be involved in lives and helping them. I'll finish with a story. Uh, I flew in from Calgary to Denver, Denver to Wachita, is it? <laughs> and uh, I, I, I flew here, and I, I'm reading a book by this man, Dallas Willard, and I'm sitting beside somebody, and she comments on the book, and we talk and about her children, and she used to be an executive, and she quit uh, her job because she wanted to be with her children, and she said, I really want to listen to them and watch them grow up and give them time, and I said, you know, Dallas Willard says, uh, the first act of love is giving of attention, is to give attention. She said, oh, I really like that, really like that. I said, well, you know, he, he's a brilliant guy. I read his stuff, and this is his, you know, I'm reading one of his books. She said, let me have a look, and she saw the title, and she said, um, 
I'm going to I'm going to read that book. And so she took out her her cell phone and text, you know, wrote herself the name of it of the book and I thought that's a little unusual, right? So I'm reading and underlining. I use a ruler. I I hate those things where you just <laughs> sorry. But anyway, I'm reading and I get to page 60. I've read the book three or four times. And I actually read it and give it away. It's a great book, and I want to learn more, and it's a great book to give. So we taxi in, and we're just waiting, and uh, I said to her, you know, why don't I just give you this book? She said, really? I said, yeah, I, I, I've read it before. And she said, oh, that's really wonderful, really wonderful. I said, here, let me, I opened it up and I said, uh, you know, Paul Johnson, and put my email address, and I said, when you read it, if, if you learn something, uh, I'm being, you know, it's really courteous and, you know, good, good conversation. I said, if you learn something, just write me and say, this is what I learned. And she said, this is a godsend. Isn't that interesting? This is a godsend. She said, you're Paul, I'm Beth. I said, Beth, you know, God works things like this. Before I left, I just reached into our bookshelf of, in my office, and I pulled that book out. I've read it before. I thought, you know, if I'm on the plane and I get bored, you know, I, I could refresh myself. I said, maybe in the way God works, he wants you to have that book. And he knows how to do this. You know, he knows <laughs> how to organize seat uh, selection and all the rest. So I said, Beth, let's just think God wanted you to have this book. I stood up and started walking. I turned around and said, see you, Beth. And Beth said, see you, Paul. Now, I think that's a spiritual adventure. I have no idea where it's going, right? But I expect to get an email from Beth saying, Paul, this is what I learned. I mean, it's an apologetics book. It's going to talk about the gospel. Wherever she is spiritually, I think she's right. It's a godsend. That's what God wants for my life and your life, day by day in our normal activities, for us to partner with God. But in order not to be a spectator, what do you need to do? Get spiritually fit. Spiritually fit. Let's pray. Lord, we, you said to us, and so we're going to say back to you, you said to us, come to me. Uh, we're pretty loaded down, Lord Jesus. We've got lots of worries and pressures and mortgages and illnesses and troubles, and we've got lots of them. And you said, you're going you're gonna to take our burden from us. Actually, you're going to put us in a yoke, and we'll work together with you. you know, and uh, you're going to do the heavy list, lifting in that, Lord Jesus. So you said, come to me, and we say, we respond, we come to you. You'll get the first of our life, first of our energy, first of our attention, because we want to get in shape. Because Jesus, we want to work with you to see other people find God and, and follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.